Welcome to Mindset U Podcast, your source of mindset education. We aim to provide you with free, valuable education for you to thrive. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Mindset U. My name is Jason Moreno. I'm here with my co-host, Moses Santos and Rancis Perez. How are you guys doing? We cold, but we good. We're cold and good. So, guys, if you're watching Mind, if you've been watching Mindset News, it's a new feel right now. I'm the new guy. I've known these guys forever. This is one of my longest friends, and I've known Rancis almost just as long, kind of. Now that I think about it, but I've known this guy since third grade, um, and it's been love ever since. And um, this one, it's he's helped me a lot with my movement and stuff like that, and I couldn't thank him more. So. Uh, let's learn more about each other so just to, to let everyone know um whether you're starting to watch now or you've watched some of our older stuff uh we've been told mo and i that we can be very boring because we give a lot of input and facts and all this stuff we're fucking robots <laughs> well I, I think it's more rancid okay i'm the <laughs> robot me, but you know yes we can be boring so we we brought a fun factor in and jay jay is actually pretty funny so we're hoping hey guys that his comedy and humor will We'll get you guys to listen a little bit more. Today's episode is all about changing careers. Yeah. At one point or another, we've all changed careers. It's scary. It's fun. It's new. I think it's time for us to tell our stories so that people can kind of relate more to us and understand what it's like to, to go a different route when you got comfortable. Well, uh, why don't we start with you, man? Why'd you quit? Well, <laughs> I quit because I fucking hated my job. No, um, I worked in news for about 13 years. It's all I ever knew. Um, I lived, breathed, and ate it. Um, it took up a lot of my time. What did you do in news? I was a news writer. I was a news writer for a very long time. Um, it was a lot of fun in the beginning. Um, it's a lot of long hours. It's a lot of hard work, and it takes up a lot of your personal time. But I will say that after a while, it gets old like anything. Anything you do... After a while, you don't feel personal growth. You don't, you don't feel like this is where you, you're going to be the rest of your life because, God, that's a scary thought of being somewhere that you don't really like for the rest of your life. It's terrifying. And um, honestly, what started getting me to change my pr- thought process on that was these two guys because they both, you know, one's an entrepreneur, one was a teacher who decided to fucking shake everything up and start speaking. Which is amazing because growing up, you couldn't you couldn't pay this kid to speak, and um, he's even walked out of class before <laughs> to not speak, and it's amazing that now this is his career. It's <laughs> speaking; he makes money off of speaking, and this is the shyest kid I ever met in my life. So it's amazing to see how everybody grows in one way or another, and um, I think it has a lot to do with with Vita Project itself. Why Why do you think like? Uh you made you decided to make that jump so like we we, i've had conversations with you before and i was talking about like we talked about looney your Mm t-shirt company right that you try to get off the ground we talked about some of the filming stuff that you wanted to do and we always spoke about it but you never really was like you never really like decided to really take that jump and then out of nowhere you just decided to yeah, well, you know, it's like, it's out of nowhere, but it's like 13 years in the making. <laughs> you talk about it for six years, and then um, you finally pull the trigger, and you jump out of nowhere, and everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing now? So after I was a news writer, I decided to switch over to become um, a photog. And a photog is the guy who holds the camera when you're outside, and um, you don't realize how much goes into that and how much of, like, the story starts affecting you. 
Um, and I think for me, it was it was just going to these you know terrible things where the, the a young girl was shot, and then we had to go like canvas the area to like find her family members. And this was like a day after the girl was murdered. And it's like, you're knocking on people's doors and you're asking, how do you feel? It's like, of course they feel like shit. I get the whole point of it because you're trying to narrate a story and you're trying to get the feelings and stuff like that. But for me, it felt dirty. I, I, I just needed to make a change because I was making more money. I was making more money than I ever made in my news career. But I was miserable. I was working overnights. Um, my fiance just saw me go from being like a bright light to being real dim. And she was just catching like staring off into space. And... Um, I was just miserable. I was just, every time I start off into space, I was just thinking about doing anything. I looked at a post, like a, a, a mail guy, and I was like, you know what? I could deliver mail, and I think I'd be happy. Like, <laughs> they get to walk all day. They get to deliver, I get to meet fucking dogs all day. Like, that's not bad. So it got to the point that I'll do anything aside from doing what I do now, and I think I'll be happy. And um, so I made the switch to working a complete random gig, thanks to a good friend of mine. And I work in logistics now. And um, I don't think, it's not something that I want to do for the rest of my life, but it's giving my life back and that's paid in tenfold. I'm, I've never been as happy as I am now to have a life and to be able to be home and to see my family and not miss Christmas and not miss Thanksgiving and any other holiday that I had to work for, the, for not a great paycheck. It's not like I was making a ton of money where it's like, oh, I can justify why I'm missing all these life events with the people I love. And I think the pandemic really switched that for me, where it was kind of just like, all right, what matters most to you right now? And you know, and it's, you, you're like, I, I might never. In the beginning of it, it's like I might never see my family again, with yeah. how this is going. Everything's so scary. It's all new, you know. Um, so it's like, holy, sh like, why am I, why am I giving my life to something that I don't really care about, when I can find something else? I'm a smart kid. I'll be able to make it. It's time to, to stop relying on your comfortability. And I think that's a big thing. I think being comfortable is a gift and a curse. And for me, it went, it went from a gift and it just sloped into a curse where it was just like, all right, it's my routine. I know what I'm doing, but God, am I miserable. And, um, and that's what really made me change it. I just, it. It just got to the point that the miserable just outweighed everything. And it was just time for me to, to, to jump ship and, and figure life out. And thankfully, I have a, a good support system and people who truly believe in me. And that's really what helped me the most is, is having you guys, seeing you guys do your thing and then having my family to be there and, and telling me, you know, you got this. You can do this. You're going to figure it out. You're a smart kid. It, you're you're going to take some road. You know, it's gonna, there's going to be some bumps in the beginning, but you're going to figure it out. And, and I did. And I, and you know, I don't know where I'm going next, but I do know that I'm happy and that's truly what matters right now. How about Rances, man? Rances, you never really had that experience, right? Like, uh, like a big jump, like, <clears throat> I feel like you've been doing this forever. So I have, but from different perspectives. First, you know, leaving school, leaving high school and it's like, oh, what do I want to do with my career? And I knew I had two interests, one in, in health and the other one in design and art, right? Which won over. I went to art school. And after a year in art school and seeing what Kevin seeing kind of like what the career paths look like and seeing other people graduating and struggling to find a job, I was like, nah, it's BS. And then I saw a documentary uh, with my roommates uh, which was super size me, if you guys remember that. Yep. 
and I was like, my my nephew was just born. This is uh, um, in 2005. My nephew was just born, so I related a lot with the the fact of the kids, right? Like kids being being one out of every five uh, child born during that time was being diagnosed with diabetes. I was like, that's crazy. So it kind of ignited that health thing. So I made a switch there, which, you know, there wasn't much that I was giving up outside of like, you know, having to come back home and all that stuff. But it's such an early age that it wasn't that big of a deal. So when I came home, I decided that, you know, I wanted to build this um, like after school program for kids where they're able to, you know, learn about nutrition, health and everything. So I came back and the first thing I was doing was trying to get my, my certification to become a, a coach and all this stuff. During that time, I was just like doing jobs that I can find. Eventually, I settled in uh, uh, being a waiter for a few years. But it was all in with intention of trying to build something. But during that time, I got to experience what I thought was the career, which was like working with kids. And working with kids directly felt very disempowering because I couldn't really make a change if I couldn't affect the parents. So then I started working with more adults because it was like, all right, I got to change the whole system. Parents always fuck up shit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's always the adults, right? The, the adults ruin it because mm-hmm. the, the kids, you can kind of, they're malleable. So like mm-hmm. you, can, you, you can get them onto a routine. You can get them to do things. But when you have an overbearing parent, I feel like that throws a, a big wrench into things. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I would find. I would be... You know, working with a kid and he's understanding these things. And then it's like okay, next week, he's like, yeah, but like, I can't do anything about it. You know, you told me I want to eat this. I told my parents they don't they don't have that. So yeah. it's like he's yeah. completely out of the realm of power. So creating that shift for me was was the whole thing. And then I started working with adults in, in a, a private uh, gym. That was where I really had to make the shift because I worked there for, I think it was like two years, right? I was making good money. It was easy work because clients would just walk in. I always knew I wanted to open up my own thing and all that stuff, but I was comfortable there. And there was where the shift had to happen because things went south. I ended up getting into, it wasn't even an argument. The dude was like, he was having a lot of issues and, and seeing me as a threat. So one day I just walked into work and uh, the owner of the, of the studio just says to me, uh, don't worry about, I got your next client. I'm like, what do, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, you don't have to worry about coming back. I got all your clients. And I was like, what the, like completely unexpected. And That's during cool. that time, my wife was working there too, trying to help in the marketing side. So he owed, owed her money. He was like, no, I'm not going to pay it for all the work that she had done. So it was like everything just thrown in the, in the ground. So I had to, in that moment, I had to make a decision to make a shift. I was like, all right, now I got to build it, the thing I've been pushing off. So for me, that was the type of shift that I had to make. It wasn't like by choice. It was like, I got to survive. Yeah. During that time, I didn't have kids. So it was, you know, a little bit more flexible. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that makes it a lot easier, right? It makes it so much easier. I can't I, even imagine what if it, yeah. kids. <laughs> it's not just having kids, but trying to like... Navigate life with these little fuckers that, that need you for everything. <laughs> but I think it's like build the desire that like you have as like an individual. But then like you have to take into consideration like these other people in your life. Your decisions navigate 
their entire, entire life. life yeah. You know, and it's like, I can only imagine like when you get accustomed to like a certain lifestyle and it's like, dad's making a change right now or mom's making a change and it's like their quality of life and you have to explain to them like, ah, mm-hmm. things will get better. Yeah. <laughs> but like you can't get the same shit that you used to get. Mm-hmm. But do you think like parent, like do you think kids would really care though? Like, I, for example, I saw my parents, right? And they were both teachers and I saw them struggle even yeah. having a stable, comfortable job. And I kind of wonder, I'm like, what happens if they would have done what they wanted to do and just be happy? Like, we could be poor, but, like, okay. I think, I don't I don't think I would have mind, right? Even if I saw my dad happy, right? Yeah. Like, if I saw him come by. But that's also, like, hindsight's 2020 kind of thing, you know? Because I think, ideally, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind and stuff like that. But, like, when you see everybody else having, like, a normal childhood and, and you're struggling, but your parents are happy, it's like, yay. I'd like yeah, but more than I mean, socks for Christmas. Yeah, but like, is it the parent? Like, we could say from like, and Francis, I think you can speak to this yeah. because you're the only one that's a parent, parent here. You'd be fucking up your kids' lives. But. So, <laughs> I can tell you this. Like, the decisions are, are made of from the side of like, oh, our kids are going to have to get used to this or this is going to be too rough for them. Mm-hmm. It's more so, I think it comes from the space of like, what we want to give our kids, you know? Yeah. So, like, but like what you want to give your kids, mm-hmm. right? It's not like what your kids are asking you for. Mm-hmm. But that that goes to the higher order of life because so growing up, my wife's family wasn't didn't have a lot of money. My family didn't have a lot of money. We were my family was more well off than her family, but it wasn't like we were rolling in it, right? My dad was an entrepreneur, uh, working through things and figuring out how to make money constantly. But what we see is like, like, for example, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to 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 learn music. I wanted to take instruments and stuff like that. And that wasn't in the resources. Yeah. That wasn't even like possibility. So my kids show a little interest in it. I want to cultivate. I want to give them the opportunity because uh, honestly, like all, all of our money goes for our kids. So like, them. Yeah. We literally spend like three to four thousand dollars a month on just like kids things like after school programs and stuff. everything everything mm-hmm. and it, as they grow everything just costs money because it's mm-hmm. like even with clothes and stuff like that so what fits them now is not going to fit them in two months yeah it's insane so like our decisions on like you know uh we're going to make this this entire shift so like for example one of the things that that my wife and i have been talking about is like what if we just leave the country start a, a fresh for somewhere else right yeah. just and it's kind of like from the from the side of like we want to struggle we want also like thinking of our kids. We want to put our kids in a position to struggle. It's like, oh, you're gonna have to learn a new language. You're gonna have to learn a new culture. All that stuff. That yeah. exposure. It comes from that place of like, what does it constitute to their life? To give them opportunities moving forward. That's where all the decisions. That's come. an interesting way to look at it. I was thinking about it more. Like I totally get that. But I'm saying <clears throat> is like, the the parents' ego and the parents' mm-hmm. like. Own, like you said, your kids play instrument, right? But it's really like you wanted to play instruments. And then they showed some interest, and you're like, oh, shit, I never got that. So let me let me make my kids do that. It's like my dad teaching me basketball. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. he taught me ball because he played ball. Yeah. At the end of the day, I was just happy to go to the park with my dad. <laughs> like, yeah. that's really what it was. Well, that's, that's, that's a good point because, like, there's certain things that my kids show interest for the purpose of, like, spending time with us, right? Um, but then there's the, the other side where 
we're at least us, my wife and I are fully aware and we're trying to make sure that we're not pushing things down them. So we've established like rules for things with like the instruments. We do a phase in which the kid says, hey, I want to try this instrument. We're like, okay, we're going to back you up. So we're going to put all the money up front so you can get the instrument, get the lessons, all that stuff. You have two months. This is the experimental phase for you to decide. After those two months, now you're going to commit for two years. So they go through that kind of self-autonomy that we built it into our, like our system so that they can decide on how much they want to like go into something. Because my son, for example, he's one to, to change his mind a lot. My daughter tends to have, see that commitment as no problem. She's been doing the violin for, for two years now, and she wants to continue. My son has already switched like three instruments because <laughs> he, he hasn't lasted past, past that, that initial phase. What instrument is he on now? Uh, saxophone. Ooh, that's a fun one to listen to somebody practice. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you something. Let's, let's, let's just let's play with this scenario real quick, right? Let's say that right now you're able to do that because of the work that you and your wife do, correct, right? You're able to provide those resources. But let's say that you weren't happy with what you were doing and you wanted to, to change your career, mm -hmm. right? So now you're not able to give those resources to your kids anymore. Mm -hmm. Is it selfish for a parent to leave their career, right? They're still able to provide. They're able to survive. Their kids are being fed. They got a roof over their head. But the parent is just like suffering, mm -hmm. right, in this career, I think is it is it selfish to to I don't would it be selfish for I you don't to do think it? so because in reality is you'll be a shitty parent when you're when you're struggling and you're hating life and like even for me when we would have phases when we're super stressed out when we're trying to figure out stuff and that comes home with you you want it not to but it comes home with you yeah. so you end up snapping on your kids you end up reacting right so like imagine living a, a life where you're constantly in that in that experience which i can't speak of right i can only speak of moments and like constantly being in that pressure and then like your kids are hey mommy mommy daddy daddy check this out look fucking something that this is you find dumb but they're <laughs> super interested in what do you, how are you going to react when you have nothing left in you no yeah. willpower left you're going to be like i don't care i'm going to watch tv like yeah. right so then you become a shitty parent so then you end up hurting your child more so, so then, i don't think it's selfish. so then if, if in hindsight right let's say that kid grows up what would ha that kid have wanted would he wanted a better parent or he wanted the music lessons so i mean you guys can speak to that more than than i can because i just wanted a hug no because <laughs> <laughs> i know jay's parents uh they both worked yeah. right uh, I know your parents both worked and then divorced, right? For me, I had my father was an entrepreneur. My mom supported him at work for many years, and then, then she like basically stayed home. Yeah. So I had that nuclear family, right? Yeah. You guys had two professional parents that. Yeah, I mean, I also had a, a childhood where my dad would take me to the bar with him, so my bonding was a little bit different than most people's. <laughs> you know, he'd pick me up from school and. And he's like, we're making a pit stop. And I'm like, oh, I know we're going to Whiskey Pete's. Give me that money for those comic books so I don't tell mom. You know, and it's being six years old and, and knowing your dad's drink. So he's like, I'm going to go park the car. You go inside and get our drink situated. So, you know, six walking up to the bar. Like, I'll have a Shirley Temple and Gil's going to have 
a double shot of Jack Daniels and a Heineken and let's make it snappy. You know, <laughs> we got McDonald's to go to and I got karate after this. So, um, you know, I think for me, it was all about, I didn't care what we did. I didn't care. You know, I think it, it attests to, um, I just wanted to spend time with my parents, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I think the reason why me and my dad are, Jesus Christ, I'm the clone of him is because we spent so much time together and I didn't care what we did. I mean, I was, granted, you know, I don't think it's ideal to bring your kids to the park <laughs> your entire life <laughs> until they quit drinking when you're a teenager. But um, it's some of my favorite memories because I was like, I just got to hang out with the adults. So like to answer your question, I guess like the, the classes don't matter. But I think in, in, in the parents' mind, it's like you, you, you want to be the provider. You want to give them everything that you didn't have. For me, you know, when we, before 12, my dad coached me in basketball every day. Yeah. When he left, that was like I didn't realize it at that time, but he didn't like leave me, leave me. But the, every day at the YMCA in Hackensack, shooting 500, 600 shots a day, that, you know, definitely changed everything for me. Like my confidence as a kid just dramatically so that, just that just yeah my dad was the yeah. source of confidence in every basketball game like mm-hmm. jay was there yeah he saw my dad every game yeah. you know yelling at me yeah. whatever pushing me telling me yeah. to from the crowd because <laughs> i never made the team <laughs> but, so so you're saying that when your dad when the divorce happened your dad like all of that stuff stopped yeah. all those activities with your dad and then you know I, I spoke to him a little bit older you know i got to provide for you and and my sister nina and all this stuff and i'm like but I don't give a shit about that. Like, yeah. I don't care. Uh, I don't see you. What does your health, love life, spirituality, career, finances all have in common? Your mindset. Mindset is a source of creating change. To learn how to install these and other life-transforming concepts, browse through our free collection of courses at be the project.com.